as you enter to enter into this is keep me free <clears throat> as you enter into this love affair this relationship you know when you're in a relationship it's an it's an understanding you know so many of us have relationships and there's levels and depths to that relationship there, there's this plateaus and there's valleys You know, this idea that a relationship is supposed to be a, 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 a merely a vertical expression. It's supposed to go up. You know, it's not supposed to go down. Not supposed to go sideways either. Not supposed to go back. It's not supposed to go left. It's not supposed to go right. You know, this idea... That a relationship is supposed to just be some vertical ascension into the happy places. See, when you're in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, there's going to be ups and downs. <laughs> Come on now. There's going to be misunderstandings. There's going to be wrong way of seeing things on your part. Because, see, you're the bride. If you're in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you are the bride. That means that you are the sensitive one. You are the sensitive one in the relationship. You're the one that's easily hurt. You're the one that's easily offended. You're the one that's easily wounded and bruised. See, you're the bride. See, he's the groom. He's the groom in the relationship. See, you, you gotta, we gotta, this is what's being destroyed. This relationship of, of the bride and the groom. See, see, God is a groom. Jesus Christ is a groom in nature. He is the groom. And we could break this down and do a whole study on what this means, but he has the a spirit of a groom. That's what he has. You know, a groom prepares things for his bride. A groom makes sure everything is right for his bride. A groom fights and determines how this is going to roll and how this is going to go. That's a groom. A wife might plan the wedding, but a groom... Make sure it goes off without a hitch. A protector, a surrounder. A woman is marrying something. See, the church is marrying something. The church is marrying someone. You know, this someone that the church is marrying has a personality. The groom has a personality. The groom is not some vagabond, some wayward man, some wayward spirit. See, it's a wayward spirit. 
in my opinion, the masculine spirit is not wayward. I may not know how it needs to get there, but it's not wayward. See, this is about the groom and the bride. See, oh, Russia. We might have to bring it a little bit closer to home. This is about the relationship to a groom and his bride. That's what this is all about. The planning of the wedding. This is what this is all about. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. You know, there, there, there's events in life that bring out the worst and the best and the best and the worst of people. It's when people die. Oh, right, let me back that up and start over again. It's when someone is born, you see the best and the worst of people, your loved ones around you. When someone dies, should I talk about the ones that are born first a little bit more? Why you naming that baby this? Why you giving it that baby's name that? You know, when Jesus was born, they said to his mother, Jesus' mother, why are you naming him that? There's no one in your family that's named that. That's what they said to Mary. Why are you naming the baby that? What's wrong with you? The angel said, listen, I want you to name this child Jesus, Yahshua. They said, nobody in your family's name, Yahshua. Nobody in your family's name, Jesus, Messiah, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel. Nobody in your family's name that Mary. See, cause, because Joseph couldn't talk. They went to Joseph separately. Didn't even... Make it known that this was going to be a joint conversation. They went to Joseph separately outside of Mary and said to Joseph, what is the baby name? You the father, what's the baby name? See, Jesus, Joseph wasn't the father of this child. That's a, that's a man of faith. I tell you, the greatest man of faith in the Bible is Joseph, Mary's wife. That's a man of faith. That's a man that believed God. Out of all the men in the Bible, I didn't sift it through most of them. I didn't sift it through a whole lot of them. I think I found the greatest man of faith. This is a great man. This is a great man. This is a great man. This is no ordinary anointing. You know, sometimes you can have an anointing on you for a purpose. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to get to. We're in the purpose years, see? See, we, we, you know, you, 
The enemy made us think we can lollygag for quite some time. That we can kind of work it out. And don't worry about it. You're just working it out. Don't worry about it. You're just figuring it out. Don't worry about it. You just, because I remember back in those days when we had that kind of confusion. It wasn't whether or not our sex was confused, whether we was born something we should not have been. That wasn't the confusion. The confusion back in those days was the disillusionment of what we thought would bring us happiness never brought us happiness. Us baby boomers and late baby boomers bought, in, bought into this mindset. This, this, this mental hurdle that going after materialism is the meaning of life. See, there was a time when going after your God, your Lord, and even if that was some other God or Lord, it was still the goal. Everybody wanted to be the best they could be for their God so their God could bless them. When people had an ideal of going and being the best that they could be for their God, even if it wasn't the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was still for their God. And then the notion that a man, a person, an individual, an individual can go for himself. See, that's a mind change. That's a mind shift. See, You don't need to go for God. You don't need to perform for God. You can perform for yourself. You can perform for yourself, man. You can perform for yourself, woman. See, it went from worshiping multiple gods to worshiping the self as God, the person as God, the individual as God, as the God of your universe, the God of your world. And that's all that mattered. But this little Hebrew, Hebrew boy this little little Nazarene, this little Bethlehemian, this little little tyke walks into a synagogue one day. And speaks life into the scriptures. They say he 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 came as if he had authority. He spoke as if he had authority. He wasn't just reading what someone else had said about what something else had said about something else and said about something else. He, 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 he taught from the scriptures as if he had authority. As if he had authority. As if he had authority. See, he has authority over the scriptures, over the scriptures, and in the scriptures. Matter of fact, matter of fact, he, he glides on the wave of the scriptures. Let's don't get it under the, the interpretation of 
a misinterpretation of the scriptures. His scriptures, his thought, his thought life. How about that? He rides on the wave of his thought life. I'm trying to give you a visual of your God. He rides, he rides on the thought waves of his, he rides on the wave of his thought life. His thoughts are like, are like, like tides. They're like rivers. They're like smoke. They're like fire. They're like movement. His thoughts are movement. Our God does not have a stagnant thought. Everything he thinks goes into motion. He's a motion God. See, God is never standing still because he's always, he's always pushing towards eternity and into eternity. See, God is already in eternity. God is not waiting for eternity. I'm waiting for eternity. You're waiting for eternity to start. Our great God, the Lord Jesus Christ, his son, the embodiment of the Trinity is searching and pushing and moving towards eternity already. He's already in eternity. But he's a shifter. He's a shifter for your sake. He's a shifter for my sake. He shifts into the present, even though he presides continuously in the future. He shifts back into his, into his past to deal with your issue. He shifts back into your hurt and your pain to deal with your issue. You already a child. Now you just jockeying for position. You want to be one that he gathers close to his bosom. See, there was a man that laid on Jesus's bosom. I want to be that man. I want to be that man that put my face, my chest, my, my face against the bosom of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine every time laying down? Cause back then they kind of reclined when they ate. They kind of laid back when they ate. All the time, every time you go to lay back, there's a man with his head on your bosom in love with you, in love with you, in love with you, fascinated with you. You are his God. You are his Lord. Fascinated with you. Everything that come out of your mouth. Everything that you think about, he wants to know about how you feel, what you like, what you want, what you need. You are my God. This man laid his head on Jesus' bosom every time Jesus laid, to, laid back to recline from a long day. This man come and lay his head on his bosom, on his chest, in love with him. I'm trying to tell you, if Jesus was walking down the street today, I hope there would be a line of people that just wanted to lay their hands on, head on his bosoms, on his, on his chest. Just let me put, put, put my head on your, on your chest, on your shoulder, Jesus. Just let me put my head on your shoulders. You know how when you come up to somebody that you love, somebody you adore, you put your head on their chest. You put your head on their shoulders. You put your head on your, his shoulders. He's your God. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. 
He's just not a good man. He's just not a, got a good, he's just not a good, he's just not a good man with a good credit rating. He just can't take you from places to places and where you want to go. He's just not someone that can fulfill all your dreams. He's just not someone that can make all your bank accounts rise the way you want to rise. He's more than that. He's more than that. And if you approach him that way, you, for, you, un, you misunderstand. He's good. Whether you live or die. Okay, sweet. I watch. He's good. Not just for right now, but for eternity. He is your prized possession. When when the Lord Jesus Christ decided that he wanted to hang out with you, you hit the lottery. You are the jackpot winner. You can shift. You can shift your way. You can decorate your eternity right now. You can decide what kind of curtains you want to go in your room, in your mansion right now. That's what we all doing. We just picking out the furniture for eternity. See, this is what this is all about. I hope I get any of this down in a recording because I can't repeat it. See, you just picking out your furniture for your mansion in the heaven. You're just picking out your furniture. It doesn't matter how you live, how you get down in the world. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your eternity. You're just picking out the drapery. You're just picking out the kind of spread you want on the bed of heaven. You're just picking out what your clothing, what your, what your, what you, how you gonna roll? How you gonna roll? See? You know, you, you gonna need a vehicle in eternity. Some type of spiritual vehicle you gonna ride upon. You need to pick that color out right now. You pick that color out right now by giving the Lord Jesus Christ access to your heart, to your soul. You pick that out right now by giving God access to Holy Spirit, access to your pain, to your suffering, to your misery. You pick that out right now by allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to come in and be everything to your life, everything small, everything great, everything in, everything out completely. Not having too many things to hide from and the things that you hide from are so minuscule that they're almost embarrassing to the average sinner in the world. You upset because you took a pen from work and it's stealing in your mind, in your heart. You drop a piece of paper on the floor, on the ground, and walk past it. You got to walk 10 steps back to go and get it because you know you're wrong. Having your God a part of your consciousness, having your God a part of your life, having the Lord Jesus Christ a part of the way you think. That's what it means. That's what it means to have the mind of Christ. The mind, what it means to have the mind of Christ is to have the way the Lord Jesus Christ thinks. A part of your processing. That don't sound like my Lord. That don't sound like my Lord Jesus Christ. That's not what my Lord Jesus Christ said about me. So who are you the authority of? My misery. I need the authority of my blessing to speak forward in my life. I need the authority of my blessing to speak forward in my existence. I need the authority of my life 
to be my guide. That's the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I got a temple inside of me. See, I'm just not trying to draw the Holy Spirit to me because I think he might like me better than you. I got a temple inside of me. I got some land. I got some real estate that belongs to God. I got a, a, a flesh and blood temple made of the flesh and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I got a flesh and blood temple made of the Lord Jesus Christ inside of me. I'm just not empty soil. I'm just not empty ground. I'm just not some man that don't know where he's going. Where we going? I'm just not some man that don't know where he's been. I know where I'm going and I know where I've been because I got the Lord Jesus Christ in my spirit seat. He can lay claims to me. He can put the deed down when the office opens up and the papers are laid down. He can plop my paper down and say, this one belongs to me. And he can claim me, see. He can claim me not only in the natural, but in the world to come. He can claim it right now when his enemy comes to destroy you, when his enemy comes to bring you into despair. He can put his papers down on the table in the spirit and say, this one belongs to me, but you got to let him represent you. You got to let them have the last word in your life. See, that's the key. I'm giving you the key. You got to let the Lord Jesus Christ have the last word in your life. You got to let him have the seal of approval, approval in your life. No matter what you do in your life, you have to compare it up against the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. And would he approve of this? Would he stamp it? Would he put his name on it? Would he sign on to your cause? 18 minute preacher going three minutes over, three minutes and four going over. But will he sign on to your cause? See, you need a God that will sign on to your cause. I'm in the studio right now. I need a God that will sign on to my cause. I need my Lord Jesus Christ to sign on to my cause. You know, the Lord is focused. He's not confused. Your great God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is not confused. 